0: Welcome to the Health Podcast, where we talk about everything health, lifestyle, and performance, amongst other things from the world of endurance sports, with me, your host, Coach Morg. So, welcome to the second episode of the Help Podcast. Um, I'm your coach. Sorry, I didn't get that right. I'm your host, Coach Mark or Morgan Williams. Um, obviously, this is going out live to our tribe members who already know quite a lot about me. Obviously, if you're new to this podcast, um, um, I'm a triathlon, uh, water swimming coach and health coach. I've been for uh, over 20 years now, in various geysers. and. Um, as part of this podcast, we're going to talk about everything: health, lifestyle, and performance, um, and that's to do with endurance sports, but general life uh, as well, making sure that we uh, live the best life possible. So um, tonight's um, episode, or this week's episode, should I say, is um, all about fitness tracking and, in particular, looking at heart rate variability. Um, reason why to do this, as well as a bit of a request from people in the tribe who want to uh, know more about things like heart rate variability um but a few people um might be aware that i'm a little bit of a um a bit of a geek when it comes to the stats um obviously I uh, in my past had um some quite serious health issues and i've used um a lot of some sort of mixture of technology knowledge and uh, uh sort of keeping an eye on some sort of quite essential data to actually improve my health rapidly um, uh, to put that I amazed my, my cardiologist and um, I've got a lovely letter from them the other week saying how they're still amazed at my continued progress to uh, come back from uh, the brink so um, that's all good shows it works but um, in modern times I'm probably referred to as what we call a biohacker now, if anyone's heard of the term biohacker, basically uh, it's people like myself. And I've got a good friend, uh, Dan Dickinson, who may be listening. Um, and we like to call ourselves biohackers because what we tend to do is we look for different ways to actually improve our health and well being and performance um through the use of technology um some sort of little bits of advice that we pick up and trial and error really um to make sure that we uh, get the most out of our lives and there's different ways of doing that um you know like i say it could be technology that you use but it also could be um uh using uh, um you know um just playing around with different methods whether it comes to to do with sleep whether it's to do with what you eat um how you train and things like that so biohacking um, is the sort of buzzword that's out there at the moment. And there's tons of podcasts out there, loads of great biohackers, some people taking it to real extremes, you know, of them, you know, actually, uh, you know, like, uh, infrared um, lighting, you know, making sure that they get certain amount of infrared light and things like this. Some real, real detailed stuff. But what we're wanting to share with you, um, really, is what we've done. Um, And reminds me, actually, one of one of these weeks, we'll get Dan Dickinson on here because um, he uh, is Mr Stato when it comes to that sort of stuff and uh, it'd be good to get his version of it but today I'm just going to give you a sort of like a little bit of an overview um, of some of the stuff that I do um, and the way that I track my health. Again I go probably a little bit more extreme than most of you um, um, would want to do but again you can sort of pick and choose but also why I do it um, but also um, looking into heart rate variability because that's the one key metric that for me um, has really made a big difference. But it, the great thing about heart availability is influenced by all the other things. And when I say all the other things, all the things that we mentioned last week in the uh, podcast around um, our um, uh, 10 essential actions for living an endurance life. And just to run through those again, that was eat well, sleep well, move aerobically, minimize stress, body weight exercise, sprint have fun and play get sunshine and fresh air exercise your mind and monitor your health obviously we're going to focus on the monitoring your health today um now they're all sort of linked together and um, they all um contribute to overall well-being and um heart rate vari- variability is kind of affected by all those how how you train how you spend your leisure time how you relax how you recover um can have an influence on your heart rate variability. And heart rate variability um, is a really, really good um biomarker um for health and well being. Um but also a good way of controlling your um uh, uh, deciding how you live your life and how you how you train and things like that. So we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um but just wanted to talk about you know um why um monitor your health stats. Now and it might sound like a bit of an obvious question, but um be surprised how many people don't and how many people are actually um sleepwalking into ill health. And I kind of did that a little bit. I was, you know, a busy coach, um, very, very busy job, busy lifestyle, got a lot going on in my personal life, um, which meant that you know stress crept up on me um and I ended up very, very poorly. Um now, if I'd probably paid a little bit more attention to the stats, I'd have probably noticed that happening. Um uh a little bit and i kind of uh, probably fair to say that i probably did know it was happening i probably i took myself to the hospital it wasn't a case of i just fell over in the street or anything like that Um i was more aware than probably the average human being when it came to my health and well-being because i was a coach and i do monitor these kind of stats i monitor the stats to a degree, but now obviously because um, of what's happened, I sort of monitor them a lot more uh, intensely. Um, but yeah, it's a real interesting one. There's a lot of stuff out there at the moment as well, particularly with the um, coronavirus, COVID-19 uh, pandemic that we're going through at the moment, um, that people, um, you know, we're hearing a lot in the news about people had underlying health conditions or um, they, passed, uh, they, they passed away with COVID-19, but they didn't have any uh, diagnosed underlying health conditions. And that's one of the key phrases for me there's a lot of people out there um who are getting poorly whether it's with COVID-19 or otherwise um and you know um it's kind of um you know they don't know they've got underlying health conditions and that for me is kind of going right you know what you're doing you wait until you collapse and the hospital turn around and say you've diagnosed with this um why wait until it's the doctor who's diagnosing it why wait for that health checkup if you go for one every year Um a lot of people don't so it literally would be a case of just keeling over um, and hoping that you get to the hospital in time um to be saved um you know my view is personally you know you should be looking um at certain stats even just real basic rudimentary ones um to actually uh monitor um your health and well-being sort of thing just don't wait for the doctor to be the person who uh, rocks up and uh and figures it out for you you know you should be able to do that i don't know we all know how we feel and things like that but it is human nature to sort of sweep it under the carpet and really kind of go you know um i'm, I'm going to turn a bit of a blind eye to that i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay i can keep training i can keep doing this and stuff like that and uh more often than not it can be get to the point where it's slightly too late and there's a lot of fit and fast individuals out there who great you know they might be fast at that part run they might be you know great on the bike you know they might be awesome swimmers but actually fundamentally even if they're training quite a bit people think that they're incredibly fit and strong and but actually the training they're doing could be actually leading to uh causing them uh, problems. So, you know, training is a form of stress. And we to talk about that a little bit more when we talk about heart rate variability. Um, And, you know, if you've got a lot of stress going on elsewhere, and you're then piling a load of training on top, a lot of intensity, a lot of volume, like that, with very little rest or recovery or not, not enough rest and recovery, you just you'd be surprised how unhealthy you can get and how quickly you can become unhealthy. Um, And it's quite surprising. I've seen that happen. With quite a few people um you know, and you know it it worries me, you know, um there's people out there who, no matter how much you tell them um they need to ease off and out of rest recovery, they'll wait until the body fails, you know they'll end up with respiratory problems, they'll end up with you know um you know um you know you know arrhythmias and things like that before they actually take notice. They have to get diagnosed by a doctor. You know, the, the, the body basically shuts down, starts shutting down uh, one way or another before they actually take notice. So, um, yeah, don't wait for the doctor. Make sure, uh, my advice is, uh, you know, get involved in this, even if it's just in a small way. And if out of this podcast can just inspire one or two of you just to take a bit more um, notice of your uh, your health and being And then, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's mission accomplished for me. Um, so, um why again, why do it? Um, when it comes to health and well being, and also fitness and you know, um performance for training, you know, if you're training for an event and things like that, I'm a big believer of um, a little phrase. Um, again, it's a little bit of a sort of change round of a quite a famous business phrase, I believe it was, is that um, what can be measured can be improved. All right, so whatever stats you choose to look at, if if it can be measured in some way, it can be improved, but also in the same vein it can it you know it, it it can get worse so you know you can actually monitor that so but actually if you spend some time and this is where biohacking comes in playing around with your lifestyle and um, your training to actually improve that that metric that you're using that uh, that you're looking at that that biomarker um you can improve it all right and improvement often means better health better performance uh, in the long run and more longevity, which is the key. Um, now, um, I also believe what gets measured gets done. So if you're measuring something on a regular basis, um, you're going you, to be working to improve it. Okay, so if you've got that stat in front of you on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a monthly basis, and you're monitoring that over time, um, you're going to be naturally compelled to try and make it better. Okay, so um, particularly when we get talking about heart rate variability, um, that is a real good one to be sort of working towards uh, improving your heart rate variability or looking after it so it doesn't end up, you know, going the wrong way and uh, going really, really sort of downhill sort of thing. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, so, what can we, what can we measure? Um, lots of different sort of uh, metrics. Super, super simple stuff, really. Um, you know one of the most common ones that's been used a lot of years is um resting heart rate now we'll talk a little bit about how that varies from heart rate variability um but resting heart rate was that classic measure you got up in the morning you put your heart rate monitor on and you sat there and just monitored your heart rate you know nice and relaxed and just saw over a minute what was your you know resting heart rate over over a minute sort of thing so you know, people talk about, you know, if you've got resting heart rate, you know, below 60 and then you know, some people going lower than that. I've got quite a low resting heart rate. Again, it's very different for everybody else. Um, but one of the key things there is that everybody's a little bit different. So people used to get really wrapped up and competitive with things like resting heart rate go, well, you know, my resting heart rates, you know, 55, but so-and-so's is like 10 beats below mine, they're 45. And it almost became a competition to see who could get the lowest resting heart rate. doesn't matter all right what you want to look at is you want to look at and establish over time a bit of a baseline um and um look at fl- for fluctuations so you know an indication if your resting heart rate is 10 beats a minute above what it normally is um it's an indication that you're probably a bit fatigued there might be um you might be coming down with a bit of a cold or a bit of a, a virus or something like that so just looking for those little markers and again we'll talk more about that um, how we do that with heart rate variability, um, sort of thing. So again, just simple resting heart rate, just looking at what that is every morning, seeing how it's, how it changes. Um, you know, over time, how, you know, what's it like after doing a big training session or what's it like in the morning if you ate really, really late, things like that, you know, what, what lifestyle choice and what training choices affect your resting heart rate. And, you know, how long does it take for it to get back to that baseline um, reading that's normally out? And again, you might find over time that your actually baseline shifts up and down a little bit, sort of thing. So, again, really, really super simple that one. If you've got a heart rate monitor, you can do that. You can even get the little sort of like finger um, pulse things like the oximeters. Um, I'm like saying, I've got every bit of technology going. You know, the little thing that you, do, you can get these from most chemists that your doctor puts on your finger like that and it measures your pulse. Sort of thing, um, that'll start doing it in a minute, but yeah, you can buy something as simple as that just to measure your uh, your, your pulse and your your heart rate, sort of thing. Doesn't need to be a really expensive um, heart rate monitor or anything like that, um, but yeah, that'll also measure your um, saturation levels as well, which is another metric you could measure a bit more in depth is saturate blood uh, oxygen saturation levels, but again, something that you could do there. Now, my uh, my heart rate's about 61 there. That's not too bad to say I'm uh, quite excited about doing this podcast. So um, again, something super simple Um other things you can look at is, and again, how you do this is up to you. Sleep is a really, really big one. So the simplest way to do it is just writing down on a daily basis how much sleep you had and rating it on a score of one to 10, how good it felt. So if you wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I felt like I had a really, really great night's sleep there. Bang it as a ten out of ten. If it was a really poor night's sleep, put it down as a one, two, or maybe a, if you're lucky a three. You know, if you're if you're waking the night quite a bit. So just a general rating of your sleep quality, but obviously link that to your um, the actual amount of sleep that you got as well. Now sleep's a huge one. Sleep has a massive impact on your uh, ability to um, um, perform and um, obviously your recovery because when you're sleeping your body's in that rest resting mode it's recovering it's rejuvenating it's trying to build all the energy stores back up if you're not getting good quality sleep it's gonna have an impact all right and it's one of the big traps a lot of people fall into is poor sleep quality and the actual effects it can have on you where uh, health wise it's quite extreme we're going to do a separate podcast on sleep um at some point so we're going to talk too much but there are other ways of measuring uh, sleep quality um, now um, again just doing it nice and simple just writing it down rating it yourself is absolutely brilliant but if you want to get really more into that um actually quite a lot of um health monitors now so you know i I wear a garmin there you go um so um garmin if you wear it whilst you sleep will actually track your sleeping patterns depending which model you've got um some of the uh, newer models uh really really good at that some of the older models maybe not um but again there's some really really fascinating stuff coming out i've one piece of kit that i've been testing and some of my colleagues at swim smooth so john Ollers and um, adam and paul have been testing with it playing with this as well is this crazy little thing uh which is called a uh, an aura ring now obviously the tribe gang can see that i've got it on the camera um i've got that here. basically it's just a little ring that just sits on your finger and it's got some little um sensors inside so when you're actually sleeping what it'll actually do is um, it'll uh, it'll pick up things like your um, your heart rate. It'll pick up your, uh, it will actually measure your heart rate variability as well. So again, we'll talk about that again a little bit, but it'll actually measure your movement whilst you're sleeping. It'll actually work out roughly not only the, the amount of sleep that you've got, but also the quality of the sleep that you get and how your body's recovered over that period of time, which is absolutely amazing. Just for a little ring, they're not particularly cheap. They're about 300 pounds. Um, But actually, you know, if you're someone who wants to monitor your ability to recover during sleep, something like that is absolutely, um, you know, um, absolutely brilliant for for doing that. So lots of different ways of measuring sleep and things like that. Um, Obviously, um, things like blood pressure as well um, is one thing that I tend to measure. Um, Again, because when I was poorly, my blood pressure wasn't particularly good. Um, Now it is... uh, um beyond good um it's excellent and uh, again my uh, cardiologist absolutely loves it when he uh, during the covid 19 uh pandemic we've got going on we're not they're not doing any face to face consultations so he rang me up um just over a week ago uh chatting on the phone and he went oh do you know what, do you know what your blood pressure is he says because he knows i uh i measure it so i just flicked up my phone looked at my latest um blood pressure reading and um and give him that and I can give him a little bit of history telling him of any fluctuations and why I might think that happened. Um, but again, just a, and again, um, you could, this is a, this is quite a fancy one that links up to your phone and is completely wireless and stuff, but you can, you can buy a blood pressure monitor in, um, uh, in uh, most chemists now for, you know, probably about 10, 15, 20 quid, something like that. Again, how accurate they are, probably not as accurate as some of the medical ones. But actually, it gives you a baseline, as we've talked before. Get that baseline, and then you can look for fluctuations either side of it, and um, you can look for improvements. So, if you if you lower your blood pressure, um, that's a great thing. But again, it's 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 just it's just one metric. Now, I'm a big fan of blood pressure, because um, I know that that's key for me. Um, I'm not saying go out and buy a blood pressure monitor. I don't measure it every week. I probably do it once or twice a month at the very most. So risk is you spend a bit of money on a bit of equipment that you use very, very rarely. Um, But if you do feel like it's something that, you know, or you've had a bit of history in the past that your blood pressure hasn't been too good, and you want to do something about it, get a blood pressure monitor, set that baseline, all right, and then you can start the biohacking process of looking at right, what if I change my diet? What if I sort of maybe cut out um, certain foods? What if I um, get more sleep? You know and um, what if I change my exercise patterns or maybe reduce my intensity in my exercise what effect does that have and you can over time you'll be able to see how that affects that one metric okay um, and that that's biohacking all right you know you're uh, you're taking something and you're trying to improve it you're trying to improve your health and well-being um, as you go through so um again obviously one of the big ones for triathletes and open water swimmers and runners and all you endurance athletes out there is obviously the training and the fitness tracking okay again going back to the garments pretty much these things do everything nowadays Um the amount of information that these things will give off um, and this is um, quite uh, um, an up-to-date one this um, and i've been doing quite a lot of chatting with garmin uh, and the company who are behind the technology in here um, little company called first beat. Um, and, um, it's quite staggering the amount of information they got and it's quite interesting seeing the, the way that they actually produce that information and how quite reliable it is. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's a lot of technology crammed into a very, very small space. Um, so a lot of people might argue the accuracy of these things, but again, it goes back to that thing of setting that baseline. All right, and being able to look for those fluctuations over time so um you know when you're tracking your health and fitness some of the stats that this will give you um to, you know obviously all your trainings on there you know i'd probably ask get yourself to ask yourself the question yeah i look at how many calories i've burned i look at how you know the training effects of my training and things like that but how far do you delve into you know looking at um, the other stats that you can provide things like you know um heart rate stress levels and things like that so linked to hit heart rate variability so it's kind of you know the information is there if you've got something like this you know the question I ask is how much of the data you're actually looking at now it's very easy to get swamped in all that data but what you could do is actually decide, right, I'm just going to pick one piece of data that I don't normally monitor and just I'm going to start having a look at that. And if you've been using the watch for a while, all the information will be there. And you can actually start looking at trends over time and see how that links into how you did your training, what was the intensity, what was the volume, you know, what happened when you had a bit of rest and things like that. So, so amazing, amazing stats in there. So, um, you know, have a look into what you've already got you know i'm not saying go out and buy a lot of new equipment and things like that if you've got m- most people have got like an apple watch a garmin or some or something like that one of these fitness trackers fitbit and things like that see what it can give you see what in what di- what data it'll give you pick a couple of metrics whether that be sleep heart rate heart rate variability stress whatever it does like that um and just have a go and going, right, that's where it is now. Maybe do a little bit of research to see uh, if that gives you any data as to um, what um, your, uh, uh, how you sit within the general population. Um, But, you know, um, you know, see, see where you sit in the general population and have a little bit of a play around with it, right? Do some lifestyle changes. If you're someone who likes a beer or two on an evening, like that. What happens if you, you know, reduce the amount of alcohol consumption per week? What happens if, you know, um, you get out for a little bit more exercise or you get out, you know, um, you do things like um, um, do a bit of meditation, start doing Pilates, yoga, things that are going to actually um, sort of work towards that restorative um, practices. So things that help your well-being, um, not necessarily, you know, training that, goes out there and pulls you apart you know training that actually has a restorative effect like that building those some of those things into your lifestyle and see how over time if that has a positive effect on those certain metrics that you've chosen so lots of things to play around with um again we'll probably uh, go into some of these in a lot more detail um on individual podcasts uh in the very sort of near future but um, I want you to really have a chat about heart rate variability. Uh, now, I'm going to. So for those who are on the uh, on the on the tribe at the moment, uh, I'm going to sort of try and do something really, really sort of funky here. Um, I was going to try and share my screen, but I don't think it's actually going to let me. for any particular reason here. Um, no, it's, I don't think it's going to do that. So uh, you kind of go a massive technology fail. But never mind. Um, so what we're basically, uh, looking at here is we're going to actually have a little bit of a look at, um, um, heart rate variability. And I'm actually, um, just going to, uh, I say this recorded live. So, um, this just shows how, uh, yeah, that's a shame want to uh share my screen with you, but never mind if that isn't gonna work um we might have to try that a uh another time um but basically um just gonna have a little bit of a chat through um heart rate variability um now um basically um heart rate variability the best way to describe heart rate availability is well why why should you use heart rate variability um is because um, it is actually um, very quickly becoming like the gold standard in um, sort of uh, looking at things like um, um, gold standard in determining stress levels, uh, both physiological and uh, psychological. Um, you know, it's been around in the medical world for quite a lot of time, but technology now is meaning that it can get out there into the wider world. Professional sports have been using it for quite a bit of time, um, and um, studies have shown quite a strong correlation between heart rate variability and longevity and morbidity. So the better your heart rate variability, and we'll talk about what that means in a minute, um, it actually shows that um, you've got probably uh, more chance of living a longer life, a longer, healthier life um, than uh, the average human being. Um, So it is certainly for me, something I think that's a, a great thing to be working on. It's also a great indicator of your level of disease risk. Uh, and um it can really really help you guide both lifestyle and training decisions so the way i like to describe this the way i like to describe uh um heart rate variability is whereas we talked about um traditionally um measuring resting heart rate where um we measure how many beats per minute our heart's doing so for example for easy maths if our heart rate our resting heart rate was 60 beats per minute uh, that would mean that roughly our on average our heart rate is beating once every second now the way heart rate variability works is rather than looking at the average um heart rate it actually looks at the variation between individual beats um from uh, um in the heart. So it looks actually like the peaks on the heart rate, So if you imagine an ECG, um, it looks, it looks for those, um, it looks for those peaks. And um, when, uh, so you could, you could have an example, for example, if you've got um, between two of the peaks, you might have 953 milliseconds between two of the peaks, but then from then, then to the next peak could be 1,230 milliseconds. And what that's actually showing you is that um there's a variation. So even though over a minute, for example, it showed that the uh, variation would be um um the average would be one second per beat, actually the inter what we call the interbeat um intervals can vary quite a bit. Now the way we look at this is this is this is um talking about, so basically, this is an indication of how our um, autonomic nervous system is activated. Now we'll talk more about the autonomic nervous system uh, in a minute. But in a nutshell, what it means is if you've got a big variation, or like a a, a bigger variation between your um, uh, intervals, that could mean that what we call our, um, our parasympathetic nervous system is activated now your parasympathetic nervous system is what we refer to as rest and digest um so um meaning that we're in a state of rest and calm and the body is functioning to develop to to recover and to uh, be um you know make itself stronger and in a good place really um now if those beats are more regular so they were literally almost identical um so that's a decreased amount of variation that's an indication that our sympathetic activation uh sympathetic nervous system is activated so basically meaning that we're in more fight and flight as we go through so again we've got these two sides to it two sides to this um this nervous system and the way that that works is um if you imagine um um we've got two, it basically means we can be in two states. So if our, if our resting, if that's if, right, if our heart rate variability is very varied, so that gap between each beat's varying quite significantly, this state of rest and digest is where we actually, uh, the body repairs itself, the body um, is basically channeling blood and resources to um, things like the intestines, um, so we can digest food effectively and get as much nutrients from it um every, everything's in kind of like a relaxed state and again the best way to describe it is rest and digest now if we start getting really really regular um um interbeat intervals so um our heart rate variability is quite low so it's the variability we're looking at that means we're fighting flight now the way the way that works um fight and flight is where the body goes into right i've got to really concentrate it'll start diverting blood and resources to things like the muscles uh, to the brain and to the eyes Uh, it's that kind of state where you know we're, we're fighting to survive okay now the interesting thing with modern life compared to the olden days modern life fight and flight would be an occasional thing where you know if we go really right back to sort of caveman times it'd be you down at the river filling up your, um, your container full of water and suddenly a tiger jumps out of, the, out of the trees and you've got to scale a tree really, really quick to get away from it. Or you've got to like run away from some danger. All right. That's fight and flight. Okay. That's what that system's designed for. And um, the rest and digest is where pretty much every other daily life. So one of the big problems with modern life is what we end up sometimes is in a situation where we are spending way too much time in this state of um, fight or flight. Okay, pressures from work, s- social pressures, social media, the big one like that, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses and all that sort of thing. And um, pressure or negative stress can often keep us for a huge amount of time or in some cases, some people in constant state of fight and flight. Now, our bodies are only designed to be in that state for a very very short period of time so if you imagine you're in it constantly it actually starts having a really really big negative effect on your health and um, because we're not getting that opportunity to rest and digest um and you know you won't be you know basic example being is you know with that blood being drawn away from the intestines you won't be digesting food you won't be getting as much nutrients from your food it's all ends up in a big sort of downward spiral, um, with it. So, um, we've got these two states we can be in. And actually the great thing about heart rate variability, it gives an indication of where you're at with that kind of thing. And what what we need to look at is we need to look for balance. All right. And your body's constantly trying to achieve balance, but external uh, and internal stresses, um, can often affect how you're, um, Can affect that balance. But your body wants to be in this state of balance. It wants to be in a nice balanced position. Um, What we often refer to as homeostasis, okay, when your body finds balance and stress. Um, But we've got to remember not all stress is bad. We do need a little bit of stress. Now, this is one of the things that um, people uh, sometimes get mixed up with. Not all stress is bad. Um, You know, actually going out and doing some training uh, like we like to do. If we get that right and we get just the right level of that physical stress, our bodies will get stronger. We know that, you know, we all train, we all get a little bit stronger, but a classic example, if we do too much of that or at too high intensity, we get the intensity, too much intensity, too much volume, or we get it mixed up wrong, that's going to start having a negative effect. So um, we need to make sure that we get that balance of positive stress versus negative stress now stress comes in a lot a lot of different formats you know again physical mental emotional you know, environmental social digestive stress you know actually if you you know if you if you eat a massive meal you know that's going to put a lot of stress on your body and things like that Um, we've got to bear in this man i like to talk about a big bucket if you imagine a big bucket of um bucket in front of you if you start piling all your stress daily stresses in there okay just ask yourself the question, how's your bucket? How's your stress bucket? Is it, is it half full, three quarters full? Or actually, is it overflowing? And it's when it starts to overflow is when we really get big problems, all right? And one of the classic ones is, people have got a lot of stress from a lot of other factors like work, relationships, et cetera. Um, basically, then they go, right, I'm gonna do a load of training to get over that all right so they go out they go long they go hard they put they, they batter themselves um in training and uh, by doing that the problem being is that they're just adding to the stress and it all starts bubbling over now this is where hit um, heart rate variability comes in or hrv for short um is that we can actually monitor that we can actually start to see where we're at with our stress so again those two modes are very much indicated about your HRV level. Now, one of the um, great things is we've got loads of practical ways to measure this. We've already talked about things like um, Garmin's do it um, and things like um, um, the uh, the Aura Ring. They do it as well, uh, but there's also some great apps out there. Um so there's one app um, that we particularly like called Elite HRV. We'll put a link in the. Uh, in the comments and the bio, Elite HRV. Um, you can actually um, quite simply um, do it with if you've got a chest strap, just a, a Bluetooth chest strap, which a lot of people tend to have, like the, y, the Wahoo ticker kind of thing. Um, you can actually do it off that straight to your smartphone. Um, there's another one called HRV for training, which is great. So you actually you can just stick your finger over the camera on your smartphone, and that'll actually uh, take a reading similar to uh, um, what the uh, the little pulse oximeter I had on my finger uh, earlier in the uh, in the podcast had. Um, so it'll take a little reading off your finger, the blood flow through your finger, and it'll actually give you some stats from that. Um, so we can do it through an app, very simply, quite cheap, either a heart rate strap or each a reading from the uh, blood flow through your finger. It's nice and cheap and things like that. Or we've got some of the great technology like Garmin or things like Oura Ring and lots of other sort of technology out there to do it now one of the interesting things is when we do these kind of um looking at taking a reading um, we have two kind of ways of doing it things like the apps where you just take a single reading uh like elite hrv and hrv for training one of the things with that is that's what i call a snapshot so we've got that versus some of the monitoring like what i get with my aura ring um, and my garmin is what i call constant monitoring so um more so with the Garmin, the Garmin's in the background, periodically just checking my HRV, checking my stress level um, through my wrist heart rate, uh, my uh, aura ring does it whilst I sleep. Um, now, one of the key things for this is, if you think about when you're taking a, doing it through a snapshot, one of the big risks is um, that actually, as you lay there in the morning going, right, I'm going to take my HRV, you set the app going, you're trying to get the finger reading, your conscious thought can really, really sort of affect that reading. Um now I've had this a little bit sometimes. Um, you know, I'll have had a, just before I take the reading, I'll look up, I've got a text on the phone from on my phone from someone chasing me about something and they are like, oh cry, keep a bit of pressure like that, or something's niggling at you because you're consciously awake and consciously thinking about it, it can actually give you quite a skewed result. Uh, and I've sort of played around with this. Um I won't go into what I think about, but yeah, I can give myself quite a negative or a low hrv score showing that i'm stressed um just by thinking of something negative like that so one of the downsides of doing these snapshots is where we use like just a single reading like maybe for a couple of minutes um is is the fact that it can be it can be skewed quite a bit but on the on the flip side they're relatively cheap relatively inexpensive it's a quick two two or three minute job when you first get up in the morning uh, you do have to make sure that it's the same time of day and the same conditions, I first thing in the morning, laid in bed, or you know, just as you get up, sat on the edge of your bed. Um, obviously, a lot of these apps give you instructions on how to do it, how to maximize it, but you've got to make sure it is cons- fairly consistent. Now, if you compare that to um, doing um, what we call constant monitoring, the device does it all for you. It's constantly tracking in the background, um, there 's no requirement to remember to take the reading. so you know if you you know it just happens it just does it for you now because you 're getting lots of readings and readings over a period of time, I personally think that it makes the data a little bit more robust and and it definitely will or less likely to be skewed by your conscious thought now if you have got some um obviously negative thoughts running through your mind during the day um there 's a good chance that that will um you know be registered but it it it's catching you. um whilst you're, uh, you know, in real time is probably the best way of doing it. Um it's not a case of you laid there, trying to clear your mind, you know, like you are doing with a snapshot. So for me, I prefer the constant monitoring. uh um, because it can show you throughout the day and help you identify when you had certain stressful periods, you know, I've really, really stressed there. you know, my HRV score dropped and um, why was that you can start asking yourself questions and um, and also but on the flip side of it you can also see when you're getting good periods of recovery and it's like right what have i done there that's allowed me to be quite stress-free and relaxed and actually um, my hrv to improve so you're getting a lot more data with this constant monitoring um which i find really really useful downside of it is though it's expensive hardware you know some of these garments you know they're starting um i think you know to get one that measures the HIV at the moment is the latest incarnations of the Garmin's. You're talking a good sort of maybe um, four or five hundred quid. Um, you know, the Aura Ring again, three hundred pounds, um, you know, it isn't cheap. Uh, and the other sort of slight downside is, which doesn't bother me that much, is that the hardware has got to be worn pretty much constantly uh, if you're going to use it in that state. Now, some people don't like sleeping with watches on or rings and things like that. It doesn't particularly bother me. But it's just certainly something you've gotta factor in, so it's really about you working out what you want to um what you want to uh um achieve and how much of that data you want to read into so sort I of think I like to say I'm a bit of a geek, so I tend to do all of it really um so one we'll a quick that's one thing about capturing it one of the things is then once you've got that data is how you use that data um to sort of like decide how you're doing things so One of the key things and um, one of the things I really, really like is to think about that, um, think about HRV data as um, being um, about that balance and almost look at like a a set of scales that are going to tip from left to right. Okay. So good way to think about it is over on one side, we've got, um, we've got the, uh, the um, sympathetic nervous system, which is fight and flight. On the other side, we've got um, the uh, parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. Now at the very top, if everything's balanced, we should be in a really, really good position. So we're just sort of probably sitting just within that, um, that balance just perfectly between um, rest and digest and the uh, um, rest and digest and the uh, um, fight and flight. So we're just nicely balanced, all right? Now. Certain stressors, training and things like that may make you swing one way. Now, a little bit of stress will probably swing you a little bit over to um, into the uh, fight and flight. Now, one of the things is the great thing is if you're this on a regular basis, if you've spent a good few days loitering, even if it's just slightly into that fight and flight, a alarm bells just sort of start ringing a little bit that actually, you know, I need to sort of ease off a bit and need to bring myself back. And maybe even back a little bit into um, that um, back into that um, rest and digest so we don't want to spend too much time in fight and flight okay we want to enter there and go into there a little bit and then come back now one of the things we do sometimes see is that we get what we call violent swings now this, this is where it gets really interesting because violent swings can happen in the opposite direction so I've had examples where I've gone out and done a big run or I've done a big long bike ride. And um what quite interesting is I actually violently swing very much a large way into rest and digest. And you kind of go, hang on, say I've put stress on here. Um but what it means is I've put a huge stress on my body, and my body's forcing me into rest and digest. Um so you've ended very up with a very, very high HRV score. But that means it doesn't it doesn't mean that I've got it's not necessarily a good thing. Uh what it means is that actually we've got this big violent swing over to um into rest and digest. And my body is going, no matter what you say or do, you need you're in recovery. Okay. So the body's actively working to pump blood and resources to all the parts of the body that are gonna help me be uh, restore, repair etc. So it, it's it's in restorative mode in that rest and digest. So we need to think about that. Um, we also sometimes get balanced swings over to the fight and flight again. And sometimes what you might see is an instant where you violently swing over to fight and flight straight after a big training session or an event. And then the following day, you'll swing back over violently to the opposite side into uh, rest and digest. Again, that's the body activating these Two sides of the uh, autonomic nervous system. Um, But what we, you know, those kind of violent swings tend to happen after something quite heavily stressful. Okay. Now, don't forget that stressful isn't just physical. Okay. It could be psychological as well. So you've got to bear in mind. So all this is going to be taken into context of, of what's caused it. So one of the big things I use heart rate variability for is to actually have a conversation with myself or with somebody else to go, right, what's causing this? So when I'm using it with athletes, I'd ask a lot of questions, you know, athlete, I would look at athlete score and go, right, what's caused that then? You know, it's all right just going, right, you're in rest and digest or you're in fight and flight, but actually what's caused that swing. And it's more about the swing and the the quantity of swing that um, from side to side that's really, really key uh, for me as a coach. So one of the things I like to look at is from that baseline. So once we've established that baseline, and most of these apps and things like that will establish 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 you a baseline. what we're looking for is how we swing and and the the variation of that swing so um I like to look at a thing called coefficient of variation, which is actually you know over a period of time particularly over a space of a week, how much percentage wise that's varied um across and the bigger the variation, the more swinging about and more sort of um erratic your uh, nervous system your uh, autonomic nervous system is and there's nothing you can really do about your autonomic nervous system it's just the state that your body's in and uh, you can do like say restorative exercise breathing exercises meditation are a great way of actually improving your hrv um but actually your body its your body doing what it needs to do to try and um uh, gain this balance again so once we've had that sort of that stressor or that culmination of stressors your body will react. All right. Now, if you're aware of how it's reacting, again, it means you can make those decisions on how you're going to uh, how you're going to adapt your lifestyle and training. So one of the big ones for me, um, you know, I've had some stuff recently, I did a fairly big run, uh, sorry, sorry, fairly big bike ride the other day, longest bike ride I've done for a long time. Um, and actually, um, the day after I didn't feel too bad. But the two days afterwards, which was Tuesday, so yesterday when we're recording this, um, I actually um, I thought, oh, you know, I'll just go for a bit of a run out. And I went for a run out in the morning, even though my heart rate variability wasn't too great. I, st- I still went for a little bit of a run and then probably overdid it a little bit. And then the following day, I would made my HRV score even worse. It, it swung even further away from my baseline. Uh, like I say, it doesn't really matter which way it goes, but it's swung further away from the baseline. So that was an indication for me that actually I'm pushing myself further away from my baseline. I'm not helping myself. I'm gonna have a day off. So today i have had a complete rest day. Um, I've taken it easy. I've not really done much. I've been doing paperwork, still keeping fairly active, moving around, not being sedentary for too long, but I've just focused on keep, keeping myself eating well, reasonably well. But keeping relaxed, keeping this self stress-free. So hopefully tomorrow, I'll see an effect of restoring my uh, heart rate variability back closer to the balance that I'm looking for. So that's kind of like a little bit of a, a nutshell. So HRV, just just to wrap that up uh, in very simplistic terms, is the activate is is an indication of how your body or your autonomic nervous system is. Uh, activated are you in are you in that rest and digest are you in that fight and flight mode um and monitor that baseline now over time the best thing to do is you can look at trends over time now i you know you can link and and you can link that to sleep quality you can link it to um the amount of training you're doing the intensity and volume of your training you can link it to your diet you know the, the timing of your eating Things like that, if you're someone who eats quite late, you know, actually eating a little bit earlier and giving yourself a bit of a breather between your last meal and when you go to bed, does that have a positive effect or does it have a negative effect sort of thing? So you can link this um, to lots of things, but the ultimate thing is you can actually start to influence it by your lifestyle practices. And again, we'll talk more about these individually, but things like sleep, diet, et cetera, the way you train. Um, can have a huge impact. So it's really, really a great thing to get involved in uh, HR, heart rate variability. Um, I'd certainly recommend it. Um, I've had some, um, I found it very, very useful, particularly just, yeah, sometimes you get up in the morning and you go, you know what, I don't really feel like a run today. And you look at the HRV score and it confirms it. Sometimes you get up and go, I'm not sure if I'm going to be bothered with a run today. But then you look at the HRV score and you kind of go, you know what? I've had a good HRV score for the last three days. Let's go see what happens, and actually be quite surprised how uh, how accurate it can be and uh, an indicator of the sort of state that your body's in. Again, whether you want to choose whether you want to go for that snapshot, sort of more cost-effective way of doing it through a snapshot. It's a great way to start with HRV or whether you want to, if you've already got a watch or you've already got, um, um, or you want to make the investment to do it more constant monitoring, that's entirely up to you. But again, with all this fitness tracking, again, we'll talk more in detail on others another time. Pick some metrics, start biohacking, all right? Find that baseline for it, whichever one it might be, and then see if you can improve it. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Um if you have, uh drop us some comments. Feel free to give us a uh uh review. We're now across most um uh platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Um so feel free to uh drop us a little bit of a line um through there. We'd love to hear from you. Again, the tribe we're watching live or anyone who's watching this back on player, feel free to uh suggest any subjects that you'd like us to uh, talk about in the future. And uh, we'll let we'll keep it going. So I'm going to sign off now because I've been rambling for way too long. Uh, on the next one or the, ne- in the next uh, week or two, what we'll look to do is we'll look to get get some guests, I get some guests on We're gonna have to play around with the technology a little bit, see how that works. But um, we're going to keep this going and bringing you more and more information. Um, those of you in the tribe, I'm going to be sort of doing a little bit of a precy of all this and put it into a little bit of a document that you can download uh, to give you a little bit more information on heart rate variability. So if you're listening and you're not a member of the tribe, um, feel free to get involved. Just go to evolveendurance.co.uk, check out the tribe for the less than the price of a uh, cup of coffee. Uh, go and make a cup of coffee every uh, week you can uh, get access to all our resources get involved with us online and have some fun and get to watch this recorded live all right so take care everybody and we look forward to seeing you soon take care